podcast. It's Dave Elliott's Weird Podcast Step 45. Oh, yes, it's Dave Elliott's Weird Podcast Step 45. Yeah, it's weird, episode 45 of the Weird Podcast, which I've never actually really thought about the name of this podcast before. Um, rather than just the Weird Podcast that I call it, um, it's technically called Dave Elliott's Weird Podcast because my name's Dave Elliott and this is my podcast, which, hey, in the outset, I considered it to be weird because I just wanted to talk about weird things and see where that ended up. And over time, um, it has been. Uh, and and here we are. 45 eps deep. And hey, here's another 45, which will be episode 90. Which will be in 45 weeks, which will not be a year from now, I don't think. Because isn't it like 56 weeks in a year? Or else that 56 days in a year? Who knows? You know, who am I to say? I guess it varies, because there's all kinds of different calendars, isn't there? There's the Gregorian calendar, and there's the uh, fucking Chinese one and all. The Year of the Dingbat, or whatever those crazy dudes are up to over there. Um, but all I know for sure is this is the 45th episode of the show. And thank you for all your... All, yo, baby, thank... Sound like a cool J there. Yo, baby, thank... Mm, thank you, baby, for all you got to help me get this far, baby. Yeah, oh, uh, it's LL Cool J, baby. Oh, uh. yeah, but basically, cheers if you've listened, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and cheers to anyone that's rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes. Because guess what? This very week, I got my 50th review. Yay! So I've got 55 star likes. Um, not 55 one star likes, which could be misconstrued through the way I spoke there, but 50. Five o, five star reviews, one hundred percent five stars on that shit. Uh oh! So if you haven't already gone onto the iTunes on the iTunes and give me five star review and left the comment, you know, sly. But if you have, thank you very much for that. And also, if you have not, go and do it. And then I like that this is this is part of the segment of the weird podcast that stayed from the beginning. Is that if you write a weird review, I'll read it out. The weirder the better. The weirder the better. I want it to be strange. I want it to be freaky. I want you to grab it by the pussy and be honest with yourselves. I want you to review the podcast. Like Donald Trump. No, don't do that because then I will be the same-ish. But yeah, go and do that. That'd be real dope as shit. Other than that, let's get straight into what I've been up to this week. Da-da-da-da. Um... Loads of fun stuff this week. I've had a good, good time. Um, first and foremost, let me plug the Pugs, <laughs> which is the comedy club I'm now uh, running in Pug Uglies in Belfast. For those of you that go, hmm, what is Pug Uglies? Let me just throw it out there and say it is now the pub that is on the site of where Morrison's used to be, just opposite the BBC, beside Pizza Express, across the road from Nando's. And yeah, it's just down the road and across the side and around the corner up and down from City Hall, depending on which way you go. Now, people probably go, that's not the correct uh, directions from City Hall to there. However, if you go start the direction that's the right direction and follow those, you'll get there. That's what I'm saying. You get hooked up, you get there. But yeah, it's been great. I've been running that now for two weeks. So two weeks in a row. We've had, The first night was great. It was fun. It was a bit sort of nervous and squeaky bum time and you're trying to start something new um, especially a comedy club over here is shit but um, yeah it went great second week whoa that was brilliant the second week was full house great acts on great response 
yeah, just great time. So if you have been there, thank you. And if you haven't yet, get on down. It's only a fiver. It's a Thursday night. There's no other comedy on Thursdays. Get yourself, well, I'm a liar apart from Limelight's going to start that, but don't go there. Come to Pug Uglies. Check it out. It's only a fiver. Great drinks deal. It's a new bar. It's very cool. Very sexy. Does great grub. Great drinks. And it's only a fiver in to see. Great acts. And this week, who do we have on? We have William Thompson, who is killing it at the minute. And in headlining, we have the man himself, Kieran Bartlett, a.k.a. Twank, a.k.a. The Monk. No one calls him The Monk other than me, and I only called him The Monk because I couldn't think of a nickname quick enough to call him something, and literally Monk just came into my head, and I just went, yo, Monk, when are you meeting me for coffee? He got real paranoid about that, being like, yo, why is Dave calling me Monk? Literally just because I couldn't think of anything to say fast enough. So now Kieran Bartlett's known as Monk or The Monk or Das Monk if you're German. You know, if you're French, Le Monk. If you're Japanese, Le. If you're Japanese, Le Monk. Hey, I don't know if that's strict Japanese language. Otherwise, massively racist. But hey, it's all good. It's all in good spirits. So yeah, basically what I'm saying is if you're you're getting in touch with Kieran over the next few well, call Monk and just watch him uh, have a terrible time. And then also definitely get down to Pug Uglies this Thursday for what will be a great night. Um, but yeah, it's going really well. I'm enjoying running it so far. It's been nice um, as a club to do stand-up in. It's bang on. It's got a nice stage in the corner. Good sound system. We table out there. Had a wee stool this week for those of you who were listening to my podcast over the last couple of weeks or the Boytown podcast that I do with Shane Todd. I had him on the club and he, for some reason, was like, I want the stool. If you don't get me a stool, I'm not doing it. And I was like, why, man? Do you want a stool? And he goes, because I want to sit in a stool. Now, I've been best friends with Shane for a number of years now. I've been probably seen him do stand-up hundreds of times. Have I ever once seen him sit on a stool? No. So this little diva, little diva, like the diva punk bitch that he is, all of a sudden decides now that I am organising a club that he's going to want me to go over and above my my line of duty and get him a stool just because he wants it. I thought he's being a wee prick. I got him a stool because I'm a, I'm a pussy and also a great host. But at the same time, I didn't like it. But I liked that he, he, he had a bit of fun with that on the night, and he did sit on it just for his final segment. Um, I think despite me more than anything else, but hey, I appreciated that. But there's still, and to be fair, after all that, the stool made the club look so much sweeter. So yeah, get down, check it out. Bring your girlfriend if you have a girlfriend. If you have a boyfriend, bring that dude. If you don't have anybody, just bring them along. But also, actually, on that note, don't heckle either. There was a, a girl there last week who she didn't really heckle me. Because I think she knows I'm like a big scary bear And she didn't want me to come down And swing my big bear paw at her A big overhand left And just like you know Remove the skin from her entire face Because hey That's what bear claws will do But she heckled a few of the acts Um, The guy on Sean Tanavasa Who um, I I think he's a great comedian He uh, did a joke And she kind of ruined his vibe a bit She like sort of She sort of They say great construction there or something and it was just a weird heckle but she then as she got drunker started like heckling other acts and stuff and when i went back on the second half i was like please heckle me i've got i've got i've got i've got my claws out i'm ready i'm ready to be struck but she didn't do it 
but then she heckled Shane again, and I think he kind of essentially put her down quite well. But yeah, basically, if you're going, a lot of people are there to have a good time. They they want to see the acts. They don't want to listen to you heckle. And um, she was what was weird too. She kept saying um, she was there with this guy that wasn't her boyfriend. It's just her her friend. This dude's just her her friend. And he turned out one of the other acts, Connor Keys, does a bit about this sexual act known as tarmacking, which for those of you who don't know what it is, it involves um, there being shit on somebody and then. Let's just say that acts as the road, and then there's every road needs a white line down the middle, so you can work out what that was with. Not Tipex, uh, semen. It was with a semen. I think that's everyone should say from now on. Um. Oh, how do you make it someone pregnant? Oh, well, the penis goes in the vagina and it ejaculates. Uh, semen. Because that sounds like you're actually doing that while you say it creepy but yeah that guy knew what tarmac was and he wasn't her boyfriend he looked creepy and she was getting progressively drunker than him that's only going to end one way in my opinion like he's going to take advantage of her so what i'm saying is she shouldn't take advantage of the act you know but that guy was also creepy so what i'm saying is she was mouthy he was creepy um, although you don't want to see anything bad happen to anybody, I think that might have happened. I could be wrong. I could just be um, speculating to accumulate. But um, basically, fuck her. You know, just just not like sexually because I'm not about that. But like, you know, give her give her a big finger on front of her face, not in and around her. Just like you just tell her to, to fuck off. And if you're listening, yeah, fuck off and don't come back to my damn club. All right. Or if you do, I'll smack you. With my big bear claw and remove your skit. Nah, I won't, but don't heckle. You know, that's the long and short of it. And this week, um, definitely not the week to heckle because Kieran, is, the monk, sorry, is not a nice guy to hecklers. He has said some things that I have listened to and gone, oh dear, that, that, I, I he put that person down like, like an old family dog. Like he put them down and there were tears. You know, normally when someone gets put down by a comedian, the heck, it's just a cheer. But this this guy in the crowd was an old, loyal family dog that the whole family gathered around. You had the aunts, the uncles, you had the kids, you had the stepkids, you had you had the 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 foreign kids. Which why do you have foreign kids in your family? I don't know. I have a weird family dynamic. You've got them all there, and they're just waiting, and then they put that dog down, and no one knows how to react. It's just like whoa, how the fuck did that happen? That's what Karen's gonna do. So, you know, don't be heckling this week, but definitely also come because um I think it could be it could be a really good thing that we have going here. So fingers crossed it continues and grows and grows and oh yeah. So now I think what else I did this week. In fact I'm full of shit. I had a great week. I am um, I'm actually sitting in my garage, you're probably noticing the sound is dope as shit once again in the weird podcast. Sounds like I'm in the Jigaman Jay Z studio. Um, but no, I'm just back in the garage again. But it is a bit nippy out here. And like, I, whenever I chill out, when I, I'm a guy that chills out, I like to wear shorts. I like to wear like super, like, they're not silk. They're super stretchy, thin, Under Armour shorts. I love these babies. I've got a nice loose cotton t-shirt on me and flip-flops. That's my in-house wear these days. It's my dad attire. But because I'm out in the garage and it's a little bit nippy, I've got my socks on the, with my flip-flops 
Oh, I say flip flops. They're sliders. Got my socks on. Got my sliders on. My shorts, and I've got a big, warm woolly Northern Ireland hat on. Green and white army. Why is that? Because hey, guess what? I was at the Northern Ireland game at the weekend. Northern Ireland versus Bosnia and Herzegovina. Bosnia and Herzegovina. Bosnia and Herzegovina. I don't know if that sounds like it. I'm from Bosnia and I'm a Bosnian. I'm I they were playing. It was Northern Ireland versus Bosnia and Herzegovina. Gozena Herzegovina. Why why did they have Herzegovina? Is it a place or do they just want like it was part of Yugoslavia, I believe, and then it it got like annexed post the Second World War and then like came into be from being part of Yugoslavia to being Bosnia. I think it was a Bosnia and then I think Herzegovina is somewhere else. I'm long story short, I'm saying Bosnia and Herzegovina too much there. But it was at that game in the Nations League. Which, it was fun, because I, I wasn't there entirely on pleasure. wasn't there entirely on, as the French would say, pleasure. <laughs> no, I was I was there uh, making a video for the IFA. I had this, this idea um, that I, I've, I've, like, an, what I call my nephew. It's actually Catherine's nephew. Still not technically my nephew until we get married. So, effectively, just my pal I just out with this nine year old dude who's my mate my mucker my hombre and I brought him to his first Northern Ireland game now the idea behind the video that I was doing for the FA was that hey this guy my nephew or my wee mate whatever you want to call him he's a bit of a character he's funny he's unpredictable and I thought hey this guy's going to make good comedy so I threw a few ideas together, basically to take him to his first game. He'd be very excited, like highlight that and put it in a video, make it funny, and also you know show hey going to Northern Ireland games a great experience. Now I know there'll be listeners out there that'll be like, "How dare you? Northern Ireland doesn't really exist to me. I support the Republic. If you support the Republic. Fair play to you. You know what I mean? That's fair enough if that's what you want to do. But you don't have to be." sly about support Northern Ireland you know and if you support Northern Ireland you don't have to be sly about the Republic in an ideal world I like the Republic and Northern Ireland to meet in the World Cup final both teams get the final yes I like Northern Ireland to stuff them but hey you know I'd like to see both teams doing real well if Northern Ireland get out of the World Cup would like to see the Republic win it yeah you know what I mean it's all about that it's 2018 all this stupid bitterness we don't need no more you know what I mean if people give if life gives you lemons you know what you do you make lemon cheesecake player and you add that those calories on the belly you add insulation you add protection you add a buffer so the haters just bounce off you you know what I mean that's what you do but I, I was there and it was it was good fun the game itself was Frustrating because Northern Ireland were by far and away the better team. Both goals are conceded very weak. And I'm like, what are you doing, lads? And they nearly, I thought they were going to get a rally at the end, but they didn't. So that video will be out today. If you're listening to the podcast on Monday, the day the podcast comes out. If you're listening to it on Tuesday, it'll already be there. So get on to my Facebook page and check it out. And there'll be the video, Ethan's first game, or first Northern Ireland game. And, yeah, he's very good on it. And I'm, I'm going to get him back to do some more videos, maybe, with the IFA. I think he'd be very funny. Because he's already a funny wee character, and he's actually decent at what we needed him to do. So, yeah, that was good fun. And it was quite a long day, though, to get all the shots we needed. And by the time I went home, got to bed, I had a really sore head. Like, I'm an old dude. Got home, feet up, sore head. And then... I had another classic parenting night last night. Um, for Holly, just wasn't in the mood. 
to sleep. I was like, hey, it's a Saturday. I, I like to get a lie in on Sunday, wear a pass. I like to, you know, get out, get to bed early, get a big sleep in, feel refreshed. I didn't. I got about flipping a couple of hours sleep last night. She was up gurning. Then when I got her back over again, I had, I heard her like making noise. I wanted to be asleep again. Heard her making noise. I opened my eyes. I was like, oh, what time it is? Is it? Check my phone. And it was like 10 past 2. But then I saw a message on my comedy page, on my Facebook comedy page. Dave Elliott's, uh, the Dave Elliott Comedy, I think it is. Um, and it's, it's, uh, yeah, I got a message. I don't know why I'm fucking telling you. Just go and like my page. I think what I'm trying to say. But yeah, I got this message basically from a, a guy across the street. Who I uh, was like, hey man, I didn't want to come knock the door because all the lights and stuff were off, but um, it does appear as though your lights are on in the car. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> fuck, left my lights on the car, schoolboy air. So they get the old uh, kimono on and head out and turn the lights on in the car. Now the thing about kimonos are those babies are good and short. So like if you're if you're nice and warm and nice and co- cozy in your bed. And you got that like soft ball game going on. You know you got that lucid scrote. <laughs> the last thing you need is to head out in a kimono. Because hey that scrote's going to be dangling by your knees. <laughs> you know you got that malleable sack. <laughs> you don't want to be going outside with a malleable sack. You need to. <laughs> you need to be going out there with some good and taut. You know if you're going to be wearing a kimono. And those wooden <laughs> Japanese shoes. You gotta have that, you know, because hey, tell you what, if you're walking outside from bed to the cold with a malleable sack, hey, <laughs> it's not malleable for much longer. I tell you what, it's like, do you ever go to like ten? It's always Tenerife. You go to Tenerife and you go on this like ride at the park, and it's a, a slingshot. That's what your your balls go like when they go from malleable, nice and warm and cozy in bed to the outside. <laughs> You step out, you go, they just go, your balls and sack just tighten up like a fucking walnut in a heartbeat, especially if you're in a kimono. So never has a man been in and out to turn off his lights quicker. And then uh, text the, the guy back, a message guy back being like, oh, cheers for that. Um, and I'm also I'm glad you didn't knock the door because if that baby woke up again, so help me God. I might have done I might have killed everybody in the street I couldn't have coped with it and then went back to bed got about another hour's kept and that was her up again and like do you ever get paranoid about like any parents out there tell me tell me if this is a thing or if it's just me that do you think there's like a game of chicken between the two of you when you hear your baby crying like I lie in bed when I hear Holly crying and I'm like if I lie here and pretend to be asleep for like five more seconds like not long not like I'm not talking like ten minutes all the time sometimes it does but like I'm lying there five seconds going it's just Catherine here this hopefully if she thinks I'm still asleep she'll not leave the baby crying she'll get up and see to her I think in my nine months of having a baby Catherine's possibly done that, no joke, three times instead of me. She sleeps 
like a fucking Andean bear. She sleeps like she's in hibernation. Like, I have come into the house having been out on the pints with the boys. Taking my trousers off, dragging my shoes, dropping my belt off the wall, dropping my phone, my kebab, my wallet. And, like, there was actually was one time I went to get into bed. Wasn't drunk, I just didn't have my parents too too good. And, like, I came walking in, I was like, you know whenever you're in the dark, I don't know if anyone else does this, but when you're in the dark, instead of, like, trying to keep your eyes open and look where you go, you close your eyes. Because, hey, you're in the dark anyway, so you may as well be totally in the dark. You try to navigate where you are. I once went into the bed in the dark and tried to do, like, a, a hammock jump onto the bed, but fully fucked my bearings up and just basically did a hammock jump up into the air and landed fully on the ground. Like, if anything, I think my head hit off the socket that my, my phone is charged into. And she didn't wake like I broke I damaged the foundations in my house at the time I had to get the, uh, the planner back in I had to do up new plans rebuild my house um, I built a dojo because hey I wear a kimono when I'm in the gaff so uh, <laughs> so I had to do that but she just basically doesn't wake up and like I feel like if I'm listening to Holly crying for maybe somewhere in the region of 20 to 30 seconds there's no guilt like it. I just have to get up. And like I had to just get up and see to her and I gave her a bottle, put her dummy back in. She wasn't going over. Thought right, maybe there's a turd living or hey, let's let's be polite. Maybe there's a dollop in her nappy, you know? Maybe there is a chocolate fondue in her diaper. And I had to check for that because it's a it's a, it's a dangerous game as a dad. And you do that, you know, it's a dangerous game as a parent when you think your child's done a shit and you're willing to change the nappy whilst they're asleep because that'll wake them proper, you know what I mean? And if they haven't done a shit and you wake them proper, there's no worse, worse feeling in the world because you're stuck with them. Because they think, babies are dumb, you know, they think, hey, when we're awake, it's go time. It ain't go time. It's go back to sleep time is what it is. But they don't get that. So I got the nappy, there was no shit, and I dropped to my knees, like something out of Apocalypse Now, no, and then that was her awake, so I had to bring her into bed and try and shush her off to sleep, eventually she went to sleep, got about 10 minutes out of her, and she was up needing a bottle, so they go and give her that bottle, gave her that, she didn't go back over again, she does this new thing now where she like, just fully grabs like either my eyeball or my nose, with these sharp nails, and just squeezes, and sore AF, I don't appreciate it. So she didn't go back to sleep after that. Not not playing game. Not playing ball with the guys. Um, so eventually I just got up with her. Went down. Put her in the ball pit. Gave her some breakfast. And I was fine. And then Catherine I think slept until and I saw 11 o'clock. So I think she got about 14 hours sleep last night. And I think I got about 2 and 3 quarters. You know 2, two and 2. 2 and a third. You won't say three quarters, I say two and a third. Which is unfair, and then we got up and went to the zoo. Which was actually a great day, to be fair. Haven't been to Belfast Zoo in my adult memory. You know, haven't been there since I was a little pop-up myself. But we went there, and it was great. Did we go for Holly's sake? Yes. Was she able to appreciate anything? 
No, because she's only a f- like nine month old baby. So she just got rolled about in her pram while I was checking out all these sweet animals, checking out the lions, checking out the tiger, the elephant, which broke my damn heart. I hated that. Like the the, the elephants were basically. They're both both in, in Belfast Zoo. Both the elephants that they have are abused elephants, which is so sly. One of them was like kept in a circus in like Russia or something, and it's got wee deformed back legs because it was tied up like chained up in a confined space and had all these whip marks on it because it used to be abused in the circus. And then they like said um, that it kind of would just like sway to try and comfort itself, and there it was swaying. I was like, oh my god, I hate that. And then the other elephant that they had has like stars branded on it and a number. Because it used to be a, like a, a logging elephant in Burma or something. And by logging elephant, I mean like it doesn't log calls or anything. It like moves logs about. Apparently it would still sometimes carry logs about the enclosure. Because that's just what it was predisposed to do. Terrible. And it when it's sad nods its head and there it was nodding its head I, I did want to jump over and just give it a big hug but then there was this sort of element of hey this could wrap its trunk around me and smash me to death and hey it's not that I haven't been smashed to death by trunks before hey hey but I didn't want to be legitimately murdered by an elephant although it definitely needed a big hug so if you're if there are any zookeepers uh, listening to the weird podcast right now um, that that are working in Belfast Zoo and want to want to go into the elephant enclosure for me and hook up an elephant with a major hug, I'd really appreciate that. Um, I got to see my favorite animal, which a lot of people are going, hmm, Dave, what is your favorite animal? I'll tell you what it is. It's a red panda. I love those babies. Not because that's the uh, the name of a really enjoyable Chinese restaurant chain. No, but also because I was watching The Secret Life of the Zoo, which just so happens to be one of my favorite TV shows. And on it, there was a couple of red pandas, and they really got my attention. One called Zoo, the Jung, which was like, um, the like the the guy one, and one called Zima, who was like, the the girl one. And Jung just wasn't feeling too hot one day. wasn't eating his food. The zookeepers got a little bit worried about his well being, and did a couple of tests on him. We're like, now nah, we'll give him different foods. He'll be sweet. Um, <clears throat> he wasn't sweet in the end. Turns out he had like some form of like a cancerous illness of his vital internal organs. Like not like the appendix or the spleen or something like that. Like it was his like his liver, his heart and all. And he, he had to be put down. And I was legitimately upset about that for going on three days after watching that show. Because I was just worried Zemo would be like all lonely and stuff in a wee pen. So... I did what anyone would do in that circumstance and emailed Chester Zoo and asked about it and I was pleased to find out. I got a response. I was thanked for watching The Secret Life of the Zoo. I was thanked for my um, my enjoyment of conservation and also told Zima's doing alright. Don't worry about her. She's eating. She's healthy. She's a bit sad but she's alright. She'll, she'll survive. And that made me feel so much better. Um... So it was nice to see some real life red pandas just chilling in the wee pens. Tell you what, Belfast is a track. Holy shit, up and downhill, see with a pram. Whew. 
Tell you what, you you pump your calves doing that shit. You you literally have pumped up calves, big bowler calves. If you go up there, like mm, I'm talking about your calves just popping off, hanging off your tibialis anterior, just like mm, just absolutely popping off. Your gastrocnemius on the side, just boom, all kinds of shit going on. Like that's what you'd be doing if you went to Belfast Zoo every day. If you're a zookeeper, all those babies got pumped up calves. And see if you work at the uh, cafe, it's right at the top of the zoo. Shit. Cafe Griffin, that's what you'll be. Most pumped up calves you'll ever do. Yeah. Hey, he had the most pumped up calves I ever did see. Hey, man. That guy that worked up on the old day. The guy that worked on the top of the old day. Ha, hey, a Belfast Zoo. He got the most popped up calves you ever did see. They go, great shit. But yeah, it was a good day. And hey, for those of you that like my recommendations, Belfast Zoo, hmm, I recommend. Go check that out. Do a bit for conservation. Don't ever go to SeaWorld. Boycott that shit. They're slidey animals. But hey, check out Belfast Zoo. Good spot. Um, What else have I got to talk about? Yes, we won't, we, I don't even know if I want to say this out loud. Watch Dex Factor. Um, again, and I must say, oh, whoa, hey, got a bit excited, punched the blinds there behind me in the garage, um, X Factor, and I have a, have a, a checkered history, um, at one point, it was my favourite television show, I would have watched it every week, like in my early 20s, I would have had probably a bottle of beer or two, and a, definitely a bottle of Buckfast, and gone out in the clubs, after X Factor, but it would have been part of my pre-drinking ritual. I'd have watched X Factor, got involved. Some nights I'd have made it out. Some nights I'd have been so B-locked. It's just not possible. But then, more recently, I was like, it's, it's just getting shit. It's getting so predictable. So bullshit. Like, last series of X Factor, I watched a couple of episodes. And, like, I could produce X Factor myself. I know exactly when the music's going to hit. I know the sob story's going to hit. I can tell whenever someone's going to be shit. I know when someone's going to be good now. And I was like, hey... I'll check it out because I thought this year's lineup of judges was so bad. Like last year they had mm, Nicole Scherzinger on that. Hey, she's a hottie patati. I don't I don't know if there is, in my opinion, other other than obviously my fiance, if there's a hotter woman on this earth. You know, she is very sexy. She's not on it anymore. Um they've got Simon Kyle, who looks like Simon Kyle looks like he's died in the bath and not been discovered for, for a few days. He's puffy. He's water puffy. He's taken on water. His face is, is bloated. It's it's uh, f- f- full of water. It's full of liquid. He's definitely not looking sweet. His hair is just... It's withered and wild and unkempt. You know, it's not, it's not that traditional square buzz cut Simon goes for. It's more a muff grown out Simon hair. Not sweet. And his big surgery riddled face isn't looking dope either. But then he's got his wee fuckboy beside him, Louis Tomlinson from 1D. Mm, it's what you do to me. It's what you do to me. Which is weird that Louis Tomlinson's a judge now. Yeah, he basically did probably one of the best out of anyone in X Factor ever. But his audition, arguably the worst audition of anyone's ever got through the audition phase. If you've not seen Louis Tomlinson's audition, check it out. So creepy as well, like a wee creepy freak guy and shit at singing, so he must have had some serious chat to get through 
Um, but he did obviously because he was in one D and now he's a multi millionaire superstar. And then the other two judges are Robbie Williams, is one who, yeah, you can get. Robbie's an entertaining guy, big fan of Robbie Williams. But then it's just his wife, you know? Now, I could be totally speaking out of turn and being really sly, but I don't know what Robbie Williams' wife does other than be Robbie Williams' wife. You know, like, I don't know whether she should be a judge in X Factor. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, she's probably giving Robbie Williams advice on his career. And hey, guess what? His career's been pretty good. You know, that guy would have a few euros in his bank account if he banked in a country within the European Union. So, yeah, maybe she is. But I gave it a go, and yeah, it's just the same old shit. And like, I find now, as an older, grumpy dude... I like to watch it because it annoys me. Like any old older grumpy dudes out there will find that they do stuff that they know will annoy them just because they like to be annoyed. And that's what I'm like. No, I, I like being annoyed. I get annoyed at things and I like it because I'm an old, old grumpy dude. But they got me thinking as well. Like all the acts now. Like see music, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into an old man rant here. But like what is it with like people that sing songs now that they, they don't want to just be able to say words properly like why do they want to sound like they're majorly depressed like why can you sing like tom jones there's a guy that pronunciates his words <laughs> you know he was over and above to pronunciate his words well she's all you'd ever want take the dinner these guys are all like uh, i was uh, inside my head no one loves me. What? What? Why do they not pronounce the words? I don't care. It's like shit stuff. Like everyone, everyone's just so depressed and doesn't pronunciate their words, and like it's cool to not be able to speak. Soon, see these. This mo- like, I was. I I looked at the top ten charts the other other day, just out of curiosity to see who's there, and the only person I knew in it was Eminem. And that's because Eminem's an old dude. They're all these whiny guys. Or else, like, the, the music... Like, there's two genres of music now that's all, always the same. Like, rap. Any new rap artist, it's always the same. Any new dance music, it's always the same. Boom, 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 boom. The boots and got that money, na think it's a guy called... Ballshaft or something, I don't know what he's called, but it's like... That's all you need for a song, is to have that sort of big fat bass. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. And then they've got some sort of like electrical... And then you have somebody sing over the top of it, and that's just how you get tracks these days. Or if it's rap, it's people just spitting in like a rhythm... Like, not just, like, saying the words the way they want to say it. There's, like, a, a, you could just, you write, what I mean, like I said, when I write a rap song, I'll pick a subject. Um, I'm looking around my garage here, by the way. I'm saying, I see a hat stand, I see a hoodie, um, and I see a wardrobe, right? Sounds like a really shit book by C.S. Lewis. The hat stand, the hoodie, and the wardrobe. Um, but, but um, yeah, if it's a rap, it'd be like, yeah, I got a hat stand and hoodie. Mm. I got a wardrobe as well. Mm. I put the hood in the wardrobe. Oh, I put the head on my head. Oh, I got the head on my yeah. Oh, I got the dick on my head. I. It's just that that's not sweet. Like you'd say any single series of words to that that could rhyme. Like I'm I'm gonna just literally look at all my stuff and and say what they're doing in that 
tone. Um, I got a brush on the wall. Oh, I got a bucket as well. Yeah, above a bubble machine. Oh, I got some stuff in the thread. Yeah, I got a wardrobe that's white. Oh, I got a lawnmower shite. Oh, I got a cast in the door. Oh, I got the stick in the thread. Oh, shit. You know, it's the same old sort of stuff. Whereas, like, I miss the good old days. And, like, you know, I'm not going to say Biggie and Pac because I, I wasn't wild into them, you know? Because maybe because they were dead and I felt kind of sly listening to the music of Dead Person when I was a kid. But, like, I used to love the rap. I liked, I liked Dr. Dre, 2001, probably one of my favourite ever albums. I did like Eminem at the time. But now he is weird because he's old and he's got that <laughs> voice. He sounds a wee bit like he's possibly a Muppet or something. Like, he sounds like he could be a character from Sesame Street with that voice. Or a police academy. <laughs> but I did like him at the time. And, and I... And in the day, I liked the LL Cool J. Admit it. Um, like the NWA, like Dice Cube, like that kind of stuff, like the gangster rap, Snoop Dogg. But they they were skillful, not these guys. Like I like I like the rappers nowadays because of the absurdity of it. Like not their music. Like I like Six Nine because he's just a ridiculous character, and I like I like to laugh at the way Migos look because why do they look like that? And it's weird. But I feel like generally music's dead. And shows like The X Factor, hey, they're helping it. And like, I'll tell you why I think it's dead. Because you imagine, right? If someone, if the Bee Gees entered The X Factor, right? You imagine if they turn up, Simon's there, Louis there, Robbie Williams, Mr. and Mrs. Williams are there. And then a guy walks up and he's like, Simon's like, hello, what's your name? Hi, my name's Barry. And you're like, all right, (laughs) Barry Chuckle (laughs) with that voice. No, not Barry Chuckle. Although I do have a moustache. I'm Barry Gibb. Okay. And what are you going to sing? I'm going to sing a song I wrote myself. Right, okay. Take it away, Barry. Well, you can't tell about the way I use my walk on my woman's brain. They'd just be like, nah, stop. That's fucking weird. Can can you do any other song? Yes, I have another one I've written. Okay, let me hear that. (laughs) Hi. I'm going back to Massachusetts. Well, yeah, same be like, yo man, why's your voice like that? And the lights. Stop, stop. Oh, and You sound ridiculous. You know, that style of singing would never get through because they're all about that. I put on an accent when I sing. I gotta sing about how tough my life is. Yeah, fucked up. Am I just am I just a grumpy old guy? No, is that what it is? This is what I What have I become my sweetest friend? <laughs> yeah, I sound just like a bitter old guy now, don't I? For sure. Um by the way that was uh, my version of Johnny Cash singing Hurt, not the Nine Inch Nails version, not the Trent Reznor version, just in case you were uh going to correct me on that but anyway it's 39 39 minutes of the podcast I'm going to go into uh, shit the heat's just struck my man I'm going to go straight into listeners questions now um, oh I Paddy Mac has uh, um, sent me a message for a question he actually had sent me a message about something else that I meant to get back to you on I must admit I'm sorry I was, you know, busy weekend going to the football and zoo, man. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have time to slide into my my DMs. 
Um, he said basically like last night was great. He went he went to my comedy club last Thursday, and he said, "Is there any spots at the comedy club for up and coming comedians?" Well, Patty, there is potentially. However, I would need to have like seen some of the type of comedy that the person had done or else have a reference from somebody like one of my trusted aides I'm running my club like as if I'm some sort of uh, some sort of mafioso gangster I need to act act on the word of my peers I need to act on one of my boys I need to get a reference from one of my boys if they speak good to you and you get on my club I let you play if they speak bad of you and you're at the club you don't get to play if they let you on and you suck they go act but um, no, I, I kind of need to know what they're about. And, uh, yeah, so if you tell your mate if he's got anything online or whatever, send me a link, I'll check it out. And, and if he's decent, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give him a shot, no doubt. But Paddy said, hey, Dave, the comedy club last night was great, or last Thursday was great. I have another freaky topic for you to discuss, as I feel it's weird enough for the weird podcast. It's called Anesthesia Awareness. Now, I don't know... What this is, I'm going to assume it's like when people are awake during operations and stuff. And Patty continues. This is where the patient, having been prepped to go under surgery and been put to sleep, suddenly becomes conscious and totally aware of all sound and pain, but totally paralysed. Oh. Hmm. I don't like. They cannot move their mouth to talk, open their eyes, or make any movements whatsoever as to alert the innocent surgeon of their conscious levels. And then experience the pain and trauma of surgery. Have a read of this to give you the willies. Well, guess what? Patty. My willy is already tingling. I don't like the look of this. But out of respect for you as a guy, I'll read it. Because what I want to point out about Patty was, I saw him in Nando's before the gig. And he was out with his girlfriend. Is that with his girlfriend. And then... At the gig, there he is, front row with two guys. He's like, yes, palms, palmed off the girlfriend, sent her to the cinema and getting the pints of the lads. Flair, per, flair play. Flair play, good play. No, fair play to you, Patty. You don't get to do that when you're a bit older, so enjoy it while you can, my man. And here's a story he sent me. Canadian Donna Penner was relaxed at the prospect of abdominal surgery until she woke up just before the surgeon made his first incision. Ah, no. She describes how she survived the excruciating pain of being operated on while awake. Oh, my dick. In 2008, I was booked in for an exploratory laracoscopy, yeah, at a hospital in my home province of Manitoba, Canada. I was 44 and had been experiencing heavy bleeding during my periods. I had a general anaesthetic before and I knew I was supposed to have one for this procedure. I'd never had a problem with them, but hey, we all got to the hospital I found myself feeling quite anxious. During a laparoscopy, the surgeon makes incisions into your abdomen through which they'll push instruments so they can take a look around. You have three or four small incisions instead of one big one. Oh no. The operation started off well. They moved me onto the operating table and started to do all the normal things they do. Hooking me up to all the monitors and prepping me. The anesthesiologist then uh, gave me something in an intravenous drip. And then he put a mask on my face and said take a deep breath. So I did and drifted off to sleep like I was supposed to. When I woke up I could still hear the sounds in the operating room, I could hear the staff banging and clanging and the machines going, the monitors and that kind of thing and I thought oh good it's over it's done. I was lying there feeling a little medicated but at the same time I was also alert and enjoying the lazy feeling of waking up and feeling completely relaxed. That changed a few seconds later when I heard the surgeon speak. 
They were moving around, doing their things, when all of a sudden I heard him say, Scalpel, please. I just froze. I thought, what did I just hear? There was nothing I could do. I've been given a paralytic, which is a common thing they do when they're working on the abdomen because it relaxes the abdominal muscles so they don't resist as much as when you're cutting through them. Unfortunately, the general anaesthetic hadn't worked, but the paralytic had. Oh, 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 shit! I panicked and thought this could not be happening. So I waited for a few seconds, but then I felt to make the incision and I don't have the words to describe the pain. It was horrific. I couldn't open my eyes. The first thing that I tried to do was sit up, but I couldn't move. I felt like someone was sitting on me, weighing me down. Oh, no. I wanted to say something, I wanted to move, but I couldn't. I was so paralysed, I couldn't make the tears to cry. At that point, I could hear my heart rate on the monitor. It kept going up higher and higher. I was in a state of sheer terror. I could hear them working on me, I could hear them talking. I felt the surgeon make those incisions and push those instruments through my abdomen. I felt them moving my organs around. Oh my God, as he explored. And I heard him say things like, look at her appendix. It's really nice and pink. Colon looks good, ovary looks good. I managed to twitch my foot three times to show I was awake, but each time someone put their hand on it without verbally acknowledging I had moved. The operation lasted about an hour and a half. To top it all off, because I was paralysed, they had intubated me and put me on a breathing machine and set the ventilator to breathe seven times a minute. Even though my heart rate was up at 148 beats per minute, that's all I got, those seven breaths a minute. I was suffocating. It felt like my lungs were on fire. Oh no, I, you know what, Patty? I can't read that anymore. I honestly can't. That's actually making me feel horrible. That'd be one of the worst experiences ever. Literally feeling someone stabbing you and not being able to do anything about it. Like the only thing you can say that's all right about it would be that you're like they would have your heart monitor to rate to know like if you're really badly fucked or not. And hopefully that would never happen. But I actually, Patty, feel great now inside my stomach. I feel like. I feel like I'm, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to go on to Chris Barr next because I know, this, I know Chris is hooking me up with a story. Hey Dave, hope this question isn't too late. No Chris, you're sweet. Check what happened to this guy while at sea. It's a bit more lighthearted from Chris, I must admit. Um, but what he wants to know is what's my biggest fear. Sends me a story. I've seen the title already. Man's penis stung by stingray while swimming in the sea. And creature's still attached when help arrives. Oh no. A man was left in agony after his penis was stung by a stingray when he was swimming in the sea. Oh, happened in China, obviously. Those poor guys. What? They just—they don't get any luck, those dudes, do they? The man was seen rolling around in the sand of the pain as the animal's barb hooked onto his dick. Oh, fuck. That's so whack. Like, a stingray's barb is what killed Steve Irwin, so this guy is a stingray on his dick? Ugh. My biggest fear shit. My biggest fear, honest to God, is heights. I, I, I cannot do heights. I can't do them at all. I hate them. Um, I was on top of Table Mountain in South Africa when I was there on a trip. And uh, I was on a rugby tour when I was at school. And a lot of the guys wanted to get photos. Like, just on the edge, all of us. And I remember dropping to my knees and crawling to sit at the front of the photo. I just don't know what it is. If I get the heights, I just feel like I'm going to die. I, like, I have this wee weird thing in me that makes me feel like... I, I, like, I rationalise going... I could jump and kill myself, or I could fall and kill myself. I, I could die with this, and that terrifies me. Like, when I was doing Edinburgh a few years ago, I'd walk over this big bridge, and for some reason the thought would be like, if I wanted, I could jump over there and die. 
Not that I have ever wanted to, but just the thought that that could happen. Or like, I could slip. If you're up too high, you could just literally slip and fall and die in heartbeat. So heights are not for me. I don't like either having my arms stuck by my side. Do you know what I mean? Like not like just by, like, but see if my arms were tied or was in confined space and couldn't move my arms. Like if I was buried alive in a coffin, fuck, I'd hate that too. But my biggest fear is definitely heights. Like I'm a big guy, Chris. You know what I mean? I I believe God put me on this earth to roam, like the vegetarian animals of the years gone by, like a stegosaurus. My feet should not leave this ground. Um, but that story, yeah, being the ocean's scary as fuck as well. When you think about it, what? mystic stinking animalistic mystic and animalistic shit creatures are just living under the ocean that haven't been explored yet have you ever seen that fish with like the wee lantern that dangles around its head and it's got these big sharp teeth that's one ugly motherfucker and that like there's plenty of shit in the ocean that no one knows anything about freaks me out Vittorio Angelone has asked me um have you listened to the 42 podcast? Um, no, I haven't, Vittorio. Um, from looking at your Instagram, I'd imagine what that is, hey, is your own podcast. So um, what I would say to that is I'll for sure check that out um, and have a listen and I'll report back to you. But if that's your podcast, yeah, man, hope it's going good for you and I will, and I will check it out. Um but I haven't, haven't done so yet. Always on the, on the lookout for new podcasts too, because I listen to like, I'm like a routine guy when it comes to podcasts. Every week I would listen to Congratulations by Chris D'Elia, Tiger Belly, which is Bobby Lee's podcast, and The Industrial Strength Show with Joe DeFranco, because hey, I'm a physique guy, as you know. Um, they'd be the three that I would listen to all the time. I would dip in and out of a few others. Like, I would check out Colin's podcast from time to time and Shane's. And I listen to Rory Woods too if he does it. And then also, out of like curiosity and to make sure I've not fucked myself, I would listen to Boytown back sometimes or I'd listen to this podcast back just to make sure I've not said anything that like people out there would get me in bother for. Because, hey, I know there's snake rats out there that like to tout on me and say I'm talking smack on my podcast. But hey, guess what, haters? Hey haters, all you're doing is giving me views, baby. Nah, I never, I could never say that line like literally. I mean it. Nah. Yeah, so the other podcast I listen to, but yeah, I'll check out that podcast definitely, mate. Gareth Owens, what's this Nations League thing all about? Wild, confused, Papa Bear. Um, yeah, it's definitely a bizarre topic. The Nations League, like that's the uh, the football tournament that's been uh, going about. The last wee while, um, I think it started there at the weekend or last week, the past, and yeah, I don't really know exactly, um, what it's about. I think it's like a new thing. It's gonna be on every couple of years, randomly. I think, um, I think that it's like just to give something to do next summer. Do you know what I mean? Whenever there's no World Cup or no Euros and stuff, so um, I'm at, I think that I got for love of money off the top of my head. I can't work out the the seeding or how to qualify for it. But hey, all I say is just enjoy it. You know, it's more football to enjoy, albeit um, albeit it's not like Premier League football, which I'd much rather 
watch unless Northern Ireland are playing and then I would definitely want to watch that but if it's just normal internationals not keen so I'm glad Northern Ireland are in it I'm glad they're playing so yeah I'm interested in that but um, I couldn't explain to you for love nor money Barry Taggart said what's Papa Bear's favourite food um, I think I've had this before like generally I've decided it's Italian overall but like if we're talking like treats and stuff I can't say no to ice cream you know what I mean I love that shit I can eat ice cream from now till the cows come home which is in the evening so yeah that's about the height of it right last question that's the Instagrams that's the Instagrams all done so um, now to Twitter from questions um, hope you enjoy that dead air guys of just me looking up my questions um, yeah enjoy the lull of the podcast Lee has asked okay weird question for a, for a weird guy from an equally weird guy after consuming a huge takeaway which morning after poo smells better Indian or Chinese you know probably the one that smells better would be Indian I guess because there's probably more spices in that I always find the Chinese poo to be quite dull you know, quite dulled down, quite not sweet in the nose where there's a fragrance to an Indian, you know what I mean? Speaking of which, I was on Indian on Friday, the Bangla and Banger, um, yeah, recommend, good night, bring your own and put away a few tasty Cobra beers, mm, very nice, had a good time. Um, Davy Witt, oh, whoa man, what the fuck is that? Um, I know a picture might not be great for the podcast, but as a physique guy, I'd like you to rate this meal that my mate made and has just sent me a picture of. Personally, it makes me sad just looking at it. P.S. Check out the plastic beaker of juice. Yeah, what Davy sent me is this possibly the shittest meal. You know, it, it would be quite tasty, but it's not a good physique guy meal. It's three boiled eggs, like hard boiled eggs, and a plate of just pasta. I only mean what's on the pasta, nothing. It's just cooked pasta and three eggs and then a big glass of orange juice. And also the table that he's eating off stinking. So tell your mate to get the flipping, get the wee scrubber brush out and clean that up. Get a wee bit of kitchen roll and give it a wee rub down, sort it out. Because that's shit. That meal's fucking terrible. I think your mate needs to really evaluate what he is as a guy because that's not, not acceptable. And lastly but not leastly, we're finishing off with a question from Jamie Harrison. Whoa, he's actually... Major shout out to Jamie. His questions are excellent every week. They really make me think. And this week's no exception. It's a deep, it's intellectual. And the question is, would you rather cry every time you had sex or fart every time someone kissed you? Well, Jamie, that's, that's not a hard question because every time I do have sex, I do cry and that's fine. You know, that's grand. If I farted every time someone kissed me, it might be awkward because, hey, I kiss, like, my mum. I kiss my baby all the time. I, like, would kiss somebody on the cheek, you know, if I'd seen them. If I'm in France, I'm kissing dudes all the time. So I'd just be farting all the time. And sometimes when you fart, the byproduct of farts shit. So eventually, you know, by law of averages, I'd shit myself. So um, I would rather cry every time I had sex because, hey, that would come across as, like, an emotional guy. And, like... The crying doesn't have an effect on the sex, you know what I mean? You could be crying and you still, as long as you can still keep, a, you know, at least a, a Sammy McElroy, we Sammy McElroy on, you know, you'd be be sweet. So, yeah, cry during sex because, hey, 
that's just what I do. And what a better way to end the podcast than to talk about crying during sex. Guys, if you haven't already, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Um, five stars and a nice sweet comment. I'll read it out in the podcast. Um, subscribe on SoundCloud. And hey, just tell people to check out the podcast and help me spread its wings. Um, and I'd appreciate that. And check out Pug Ugly's Comedy Club every Thursday at Pug Ugly's. I'm going to be there every week. So if you're like a crazy stalker dude girl or whatever that wants to kill me, don't go. Apart from that, go. And on that note, have a, have a great week and I'll see you again next week. Bye.